0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen powered by Elec825. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, we are already off to a better start this week because I didn't have to hear the Michigan Fight song and uh, did an intro without screwing up our our name sponsor. So uh, I am... Already at a plus one this week. I'm feeling good.
1: Wait, what was wrong with the Michigan fights, though? Everything. <laughs> <Nah. Would you laughs> if like only to sing it to you?
0: If only Rutgers had a better week this you, week, you, would you I would like have had, had something to say back to you, but I yes. have nothing to say. You got nothing.
1: They didn't even get one vote in the poll this Shh. week. They still Sorry. have time. Yeah, It's not over yet. They'll be in the tournament. They should be in yeah, uh, the tournament. As long as they don't go out in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, they'll be in the tournament. Is,
0: is that sort of like the yeah. sixers as long so as you I want mean, me to sing hello to the victors too? no i definitely don't want to Do you want me
1: to sing happy birthday to you uh, since you're the
0: birthday boy this week it was my birthday uh 41 now so uh, am i catching up there? that's a lot of candles well you'll, you'll never catch up <laughs> don't worry my son helped me blow out all the candles uh, yeah. i am here today in studio if i run out while we're on air my wife and i are still on baby watch one of these days jeff will get to do a show without me he'll be much happier but in the meantime, he's got to hang out with me, and we're gonna talk a little Sixers with Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire with USA Today. Kai, how you doing, man?
2: Hey, what's going on? How are you?
0: I cannot complain. I'm doing. I'm healthier than the Sixers team right now. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, are you just getting medical reports all day long? Is that really what you're doing? <laughs>
2: I mean I mean I I think at this point it's, it's kind of just assumed like hey Joe and Ben aren't playing just a heads up yeah <laughs> the,
0: and it's gonna be like that it's for... just like the process <laughs> well, I oh yeah, yeah exactly. so I said to Jeff I didn't want anybody to play in the all-star game because I wanted everybody to come back healthy. I really was kind of joking about it uh what when do we think Ben's injury happened and uh what are you hearing about the severity of that seems a little more severe than what Joel's got going on.
2: Well, a Sixers spokesperson said that Ben's injury happened at practice, their first practice back, coming back from the All Star uh, All Star break. Uh, Brett Brett Brown then described it as he went up for a rebound, he kind of twisted his back or whatever it was, and it kind of he immediately left to go see uh, to go get some treatment. That's kind of how Brett described it. And also, a spokesperson said that as well. Me personally, I think it happened initially in the All Star game because I know everybody saw him fall after a dunk. I think it was in like the second half of that game. Um, so I personally think it happened in the All Star game. But what Brett and the spokesperson are saying, they're saying it happened in, uh, in practice after.
1: What is the severity of it? The, 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 the new term seems to be impingement. You know, back in the old days, it was bulging or herniated discs.
2: Yeah, they're calling it a nerve impingement, and they're you know they're they're saying he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. I personally think he's going to be out longer than two weeks. Uh, a lot of folks believe that he'll be out for the season. I don't personally believe that. Um, knowing Ben and how competitive he is, I believe we'll probably see him back maybe the first week of April. And just kind of get him back into the group of things before the playoffs begin. But yeah, like this is probably going to be like, a, it's probably going to be a little longer than two weeks, maybe a month, maybe a little over a month. Just, you know, and a nerve impingement in your back is, is nothing to play with.
1: So then the question becomes well, at least I was surprised at the fact that Shake Milton got the starting duties at point guard, how old Neto barely saw the court.
0: Finally.
2: Yeah, finally,
0: right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what
1: what, went, what 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 happened? I mean, he Neto was
0: the golden child. Oh God, Maybe and he to us complain all the time. About yeah, that's it. it.
2: Well, I think the reason why they went with Shake, um, they, they went with Shake when Josh was hurt. Uh, Josh went down January twenty second with a with a hamstring injury, and Brett actually turned to Shake and had him start uh, those uh, those games when Richardson was out. Uh, so he's going to turn to Shake again uh, with Ben out. And you got to give Shake credit. He had, 19, he had uh, 20 points against Cleveland on Wednesday. He had 19 last night, the win over the Knicks. He shot five for five deep. So, I mean, that he he does have some skill. He does have some ability to be able to go out there and play. He, run, he runs an offense okay. He played point guard at SMU. He can run a pick and roll. And I, I think that's what really interests Brown the most. He wants to be able to kind of grow other ball handlers because when Ben comes back, He wants to have Ben Moore as a screener and roller rather than a guy who just who, uh, excuse me, rather than a guy who initiates uh, the pick and roll. So he wants to kind of move Ben a little closer to the rim in terms of, uh, you know, that part of the half court offense.
0: I think it kind of shows a little bit with Shake's development, the significance of their G League program with Connor Johnson. They run this Sixers offense. So when Shake comes up now, not only is he having more experience in year two, but he's been running the system, even though he wasn't playing on the court with the with the big team. So now he's out there. It's different players and a faster, faster pace, but it's not something that's not familiar to him.
2: Precisely, and you just mentioned it. Connor Johnson is an extension of Brett Brown down there in Delaware. Whatever the Sixers do up here in Philly, it's what the Coats are doing down there, you know, in the G League. Um, and really, when Shake comes up. And it's the same thing uh, with Zaire Smith and Mariel Shayok. Whenever they eventually do get their, you know, real opportunity up here, but Shayok really was able to understand how Brad to run things. And while also being able to develop on his own time down there in the G League. So it was definitely really good for him to be able to develop in Delaware and be able to come up and, and pretty much just run the same offense, even though the talent and the speed you know, gets magnified and takes a big jump up.
0: I think Norvell's benefited from some of those same things too, which will be slightly important now with Joel out uh, at least for a week. What are you hearing about the severity of that injury and – What's your concern level that all we heard was, oh, we need to just let these guys play together. And if they play together, they'll figure it out. And it seems like we're going to go into this postseason, whatever it is, in the same type of position we were last year where nobody knows what sort of team we have because they haven't all been on the court together.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's really the biggest disappointment. In terms of Joel's injury, um, another team spokesperson said that he has no structural damage. Uh, he will be out probably a little longer than a week. Um, but no. But honestly, structural damage, the fact that there isn't any in the shoulder is really a good sign. My guess is he'll be back maybe middle of March, and then they can be able to uh, pretty much just roll Joel and focus on him and um, really try to get in position for home court advantage because if they don't get home court advantage in the playoffs, there's a good chance the team gets bounced around one. I mean, they're a completely um, they
0: different team. I mean, they're twenty-eight and two at home. It's their best record in over three decades at home. They're nine and twenty-one on the road. That's putrid
1: against against some bad teams. Yeah. I mean,
0: they, they've lost to the Hawks. They've lost to the. They weren't
1: Cleveland even in the Cavaliers. game against the Cavs the other I mean, night. It, it's it really is embarrassing. What what is what does Brett have to say about the fact that they play this poorly on the road against poor competition?
2: Well, Brett goes back to the team's defense. Uh, and honestly, like, you know, I, I did some research my, myself, kind of dug into some things. And defensively, they are not the same team on the road than they are at home. I think at home, they, they give up like 101.6 points per game off the top of my head. But then on the road, that number jumps up to like 110, close to 111 uh just for for some reason that this team doesn't be able doesn't have uh, the same physicality they do at home they don't have the same focus defensively they do at home and that can you know really affect you on the road when you have the opposing team's crowd in your ear uh and they're against you uh for example i mean i bring up the uh the two miami games uh i was actually i was actually in miami for both of those games and i i I mean that's the Sixers just broke down every time. Like there was every time the Heat made a run, and, and the crowd began to get loud down there. The Sixers began to break down. There were different, diff- different defensive breakdowns that I saw throughout both those Miami games and other games as well. That like you just you don't see at home. I really don't understand it.
1: Yeah, but w- with Miami, it sounds like I'm preaching to the choir. But with Miami, I get it. There's no crowd in Cleveland for that team, and the court is the same size as it is here and it's the same number of players that are on the court, There's, to me there's can be no excuse that Brett Brown should be making for that, that you just can't lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road. Not if you want to Agreed. be a playoff team who has home court advantage. Yeah, every one of these games matters now.
2: Agreed, 100%. It's absolutely, it's getting to a point where you just you kind of look at them, and and then you look at Brett, and you're like, dude, like like, you can't lose to the Cavaliers. It is unacceptable. And then even losing to the Hawks a couple of weeks ago, losing to the Orlando Magic twice on the road, uh, losing to the Brooklyn Nets earlier in the year on the road. Uh, it, it just, it, it's getting to a point where, you know, you're, you have these aren't really games to where you could be like, okay, we can make up for it here at home. Because as you mentioned, these games count. All of them do, especially when you're trying to get home court advantage for the playoffs. It's
0: unacceptable. For, for a long time, I was a, a Brett defender, and I've had more questions as time's gone by. But this week was concerning to me because, uh, in particular, after the one game, he Brett was sort of said something like, I'm at the mercy of my medical staff after Joel got hurt. Then Josh Richardson came out, sort of, you know, maybe it was misinterpreted, talking about the heart of the team. Then Glenn Robinson comes out and says he doesn't really know what his role is, and that's walked back. What is the internal dynamic of this team under this coach right now?
2: That is a tough question. Um, I mean, when it comes to this team, there have always been kind of rumblings that Ben and Joel kind of don't have the greatest relationship, and it kind of affects the rest of the team. And Ben and Joel, I was just want to put out there, they don't hate each other. They, they, they really don't. Like this whole story, I remember Chris Boussard put a story out there that both these guys are jealous and know and it affects the team's chemistry and everything else in between. It's not the case. Um, I also will say these guys aren't best friends. Like they're not hanging out with each other all the time. Does it affect the chemistry in the rest of the locker room? I don't know. I can't really say that for certain. When it comes to Glenn Robinson III, Brett did say, hey, we gave him a roadmap. uh, And Brett's words, a roadmap to kind of tell him, hey, this is what we expect of you. This is what's going to be your role. And this is what we kind of want from you over this final stretch of the season.
0: Maybe his GPS stopped working.
2: Yeah, right. The (laughs) GPS stopped working. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but
1: part part of the problem is is Brett can say that there is a roadmap. Brett doesn't seem to follow a roadmap. Uh, most basketball teams... Jeff's
0: still trying to figure out his rotation Yeah, right
1: I mean, now, most basketball uh, yeah, teams know yeah. what a rotation is, and, and I didn't see Glenn Robinson being the largest piece out of that trade. I, I actually saw Burke as being the larger piece, and he is not playing in a regular rotation. He's getting in, but he just he doesn't look lost, but he doesn't look like he's in there long enough to get any type of groove, which is what a shooter needs to do.
2: Agreed. And and that's that's probably one of the bigger criticisms that you can make of Brett. Be like, Hey, how come you aren't playing Alec and being haven't been able to get a a groove out there? And the same really goes for Glenn. Glenn shot forty percent from deep with Golden State before coming here. Granted he played for a very, very bad Warriors team this year and those numbers can be a little inflated. But forty percent from deep is forty percent from deep. And Glenn, I think, has missed all nine of his threes with Philadelphia. And then you go to Burks that like you just mentioned, and you don't know if Burks is going to play in a five-minute stretch or if he's going to play for an eight-minute stretch. I mean, we all saw how valuable he is in the first game coming back from the All-Star break, the overtime game with Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Burks made some huge plays in the fourth quarter and in overtime to really help the team pull out that win. He should be you know, a regular in this rotation. And then Excited barely gets, gets on out. the court. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just, it's hard to understand.
1: All right, so the other question I have is the front court. With Embiid out, I'm, I was at the game last night, and I'm sitting there baffled that after two and a half quarters, the Sixers had shot exactly one free throw. How is it possible that between and by the way, and why is Kylo Quinn getting the minutes instead of Norvel Pell? I mean, what are they doing with the front court?
2: This is always this is, honestly that question has always been something that's been on my mind, and not just with the front court, but earlier in the year with uh, between Howell, Netto and Trey Burke, it just kind of seemed that Brett will ride one guy and then randomly switch to another guy and ride him for you know 10 to 12 games. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you noticed early in the year with Netto and Burke, but that's what he did with those two, and then.
0: Oh, now Jeff! Believe me, players. Jeff complained about it plenty on the air. You have nothing to worry about, guy. <laughs> He's a, so okay. so. Burke's a Michigan guy, and so is Jeff. And so, from the day he got here, Jeff oh, wanted Burke on. to be a star on the team. Oh, Kai's a Michigan guy. There you go. Are you Jeff. serious?
1: We should have been playing Hail to the Victors. Oh, God, I had to deal oh, with that on. last week on the next time. Next time records. you're on, you, you'll, you'll have Hail to the Victors leading
2: <laughs> off. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I actually, I, I'm from Garden City. I'm from Garden City, Michigan. So right. I, I, I hail
3: from there. There you yeah, go. See? The show just got yeah, better. So Je-
0: Jeff, Jeff wanted uh, Trey Burke uh, repeatedly. And so, you know, you're, you're right on. I'll, I'll let you go. I cut you off. But that, that rotation just puzzles me at times.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, like, um, actually, I wrote something on it. I think last month I asked Brett. I said, hey, what's going on? Or, you know, who's really the point guard, the backup point guard? Is it Howell Meadow? It's Trey Burke. And what Brett told me was he doesn't like having guys rot on the bench. Like, that was kind of the, the quote that he gave me. And I feel like it's the same thing right now with O'Quinn. O'Quinn hasn't played much lately lately. Uh, Actually, he really hasn't played much since like Thanksgiving, if we're going to be completely honest. And he's it's, it's getting to a point where he feels maybe Kyle is rotting on the bench and he wants to be able to see what the veteran can do. I mean, like last night, you have to give Kyle credit. He did grab 10 rebounds. He, he They made some big hustle plays outside of his foul trouble. He didn't look all that bad. But he's also not going to help this team in the playoffs and be the big difference maker. You know what I'm saying? It's, just, it's very confusing. He,
1: he got 10 rebounds, but it, he did not look impressive out there. And, and I have to say, as somebody who has seats behind the Sixers bench, Kyle never seems to be in a huddle. He never seems to be paying attention to what's going on. And and you have a younger guy who, who seems to, when he gets in the game, have energy, bring something to the table. And fans seem to, to, to kind of light up when he comes in because he makes those great block plays. Why is Nor? Why why let Norvell, the younger guy, rot right on the bench? On the bench? <laughs> I,
2: I, yeah, exactly. Going back to that quote, right? It's just—it's definitely like a, a little confusing. I—I I think, in my opinion, Norvell is dealing—he's sick. He's—he's he's trying to get over upper respiratory illness. It kind of seems like everybody on the Sixers has an upper respiratory illness every year, by the way. <laughs> um, but when it when it comes to Norvell, he was sick. Um, he was cleared, obviously, yesterday. Uh, but maybe maybe he wasn't ready to go. Maybe Brett just wanted to kind of lean on Kyle. It's just it. I can't really confirm like like why Norvell didn't play last night.
0: Kai, we, that, that, that that was
2: just my opinion.
0: Uh, are you uh, going to head out to Cali and do this uh, West Coast trip? Going to get to follow your coverage I'm, a little bit.
2: I'm heading to LA. I, I leave tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to. I'm doing, I'm going to do the LA part of the trip. I'm not going to go to Sacramento or Golden State. Well,
0: not 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 well, quite. That makes sense. Not <laughs> not quite the matchups you were not quite the matchups you were hoping for in against the Clippers and Lakers. But uh, you should see some good games out there. Uh, everybody can file. How can people follow along on Twitter to see your coverage?
2: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kai underscore Carlin. And I'll, also for all the Instagram people out there, it's, a, it's the same handle. I mean, I pretty much just post videos on, on both accounts.
0: Well, we'll uh, make sure to keep following. I'll always appreciate you giving a couple minutes and uh, safe travels out to L.A.
2: I appreciate you guys
1: having me on.
0: Have Thank a great you. one. Thank you. Jeff, uh, the, the Sixers, they're, they're driving me nuts.
1: It makes no sense. I mean, it really, and there was a point at which, I mean, look, Even without Joel and Ben, there is no way... You lose to the Cavs. You shouldn't lose to the Cavs. And there was a point at which
0: they were giving up the lead after being up by 20 to the Knicks. Knicks. And the Knicks are putrid. I... Had concerns that they were going to give up that lead, and I was going to get grumpy Jeff on the show today. Oh, you would. <laughs> so yeah, it was like I'm watching the game, and I'm going, "Oh, this is not going to be good." But it makes
1: it makes no sense that you don't have a rotation. I don't look. You don't, you want somebody not to quote unquote rot on the bench. That's fine,
0: but that doesn't mean you play the lesser player. It is an amazing quote because we have seen players that we want to get time. Literally rot on the bench. The only thing they do is the frosty freeze out. I just don't get it. It's, okay, I'm well to stop. be fa- to I'm be gonna fair. fair gonna Norvell stop. does a really good air guitar
1: and pulls out this
0: plug after he he's done. He does. I'm gonna stop and I'm not gonna complain anymore. No, I'll make you complain. <laughs> Ready? old
1: Neto. Okay, so so all we've done all season is sit there and go, why? He's. I think he's had two games, two games all season that have been really good. He basically got rid of Burke. In, in return for keeping Neto, has a chance to start him. Not that I'm trying to talk him no, into this. No, don't L- leave him but, with Shake. She's
0: doing fine. And then all of a sudden, Shake comes in. Don't. And Neto doesn't make it off the bench. You know what? I have a, a What's theory the that reason when somebody does what we want them to, yeah. we're not going to slam them for it. <laughs> so I don't understand the reason, but I'm going to say thank you and it, hope you it do it just, again. It
1: doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense. But and. and and you need to have – for him to say Glenn Robinson – Glenn Robinson's a veteran at this point. It shouldn't – it's a communication issue if a coach and a player are at the point where the
0: player is saying, I don't know my role on this team. Not only is he saying it, he's saying it in the media. Right. It's one thing if and, you're and in by the locker way, room and, by and you the Glenn, go to the coach. Glenn Robinson's not that kind of guy it's normally. It's one thing if so, you're in the locker room and you go to the coaching staff and you say, you know what, I don't know what my role is. Is another thing, if you go outside the locker room... And I'll bet you he did say it in there. Probably. Usually
1: players don't come out. Players like him don't... He's a quiet guy. And, and most players like that don't come out unless they're so frustrated that they can't get answers. Yeah. And he's not... I guarantee you he didn't come here thinking that he was going to be a starter and he was going to be the first or second option on the team. But being the 10th or 11th
0: option on the team and and randomly being put into the game makes no sense. Kai said he's not going to go to the Sacramento Golden State parts of the trip. That means he's going to miss out on the
4: return of Steph Curry. You surprised Steph Curry's I, coming back this season? There's no way he should be coming back this
0: no, season. No, just keep I, tanking for well, the pick. Well, no,
4: you shouldn't do it. I mean, I I mean for, they're going to be the best team in the NBA again next year. Yeah.
1: All the pieces get, are coming back. They'll come back. And so why bother? Well, just say, Steph, go have some fun. Go, go, go pl- keep keep play
4: golf. It, right. It'll be okay. Can I ask you guys a question real quick? About no, this we up-coming don't take road questions. Where do we see this road trip going record-wise? Um, do can't... we do two and two or? It's the road. They're on the road. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's and not... <laughs> they're, they're on the road, which
0: is a problem to start. And their roster construction and rotation is a problem. They're not going to match up very well against the Clippers or Lakers because Al Horford is going to be your big man. Uh, no,
1: but here's here's the deal. They will win one of those games. Of course, they will. They'll <laughs> always be, win a game. It doesn't make it sense. Uh, yeah, it'll make no sense, and then they'll lose to Sacramento. Thank you. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, what, that's they're going to beat the
0: Clippers or the Lakers. They're going to get blown up by Sacramento, and you're going to pull your hair out. <laughs>
1: they're going to go one in three on this trip, and one of them will be one of the LA wins. One of the games yeah. they shouldn't have won. Uh-huh.
0: That's exactly going to happen. Let's talk about a team that's actually winning and is fun to watch. Jeff, i got my Flyers gear on today. You do? Vito on the other side of the
1: glass. Nice,
4: nice shiny. Has his sweatshirt. Flyers gear all hey, Jeff, on. Jeff, you got a road trip coming up, I believe, too, this weekend. I
1: am. I'm going on Sunday to see the Flyers at uh, the Rangers. It's in your Madison's first time going around. to the Garden, right? For, for a, a, for hockey, for a game? hockey game. Garden, yeah. 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 Are you excited? It, yeah, I mean, that place is legendary. The Mecca? And, and, the... And I, I've been there for a college hockey game, but I have not been there for a pro hockey game. And that place can get loud, and it's, it's a Very. great arena.
4: I was there two years ago, and it was a really, really cool experience.
0: I've seen one hockey game there. Flyers are 63 games into the season, only one victory away from matching last season's win total of 37. Uh, They are... Thirty-six, oh, and, and somebody somewhere
1: in this studio said that Gustav Spear would never play another game for the Flyers. Uh, mm. I, I did say that.
4: Yeah. I, I thought his days were numbered, but uh, according wrong. to the reports that came out, Chuck Fletcher was hanging up the phone on people. Yeah, they apparently yeah. had actually. Inquiries. I'm sorry, not on him, but people were calling. He goes, I, he has, "I don't know how many times I've traded this guy." According to everybody else, but he <laughs> yeah, had no was... interest in trading him. But they actually were getting calls about Scott Lawton. And he was hanging the phone. I'm up glad they beat.
0: didn't make that trade. That never he's never been entertained. He's he's done well
1: for the team. Well, Look, this, th- think about how good this team has become
4: with the number
1: of young players with Gostespierre not playing a lot and Nolan Patrick not play,
0: yet playing this season.
1: Last th- th- it's, it's like you have two guys, you just made two
0: other trades. Last year in games that Giroud or Voracek did not score or Couturier did not score, they were brutal. This year they've got so much diversity and scoring from their team that when one of their stars has a down night, there's another player there to pick it up. It's interesting, though. They're cutting down on goals allowed. And In 18-19 last year, they had the third most goals per game, 3.41 and a minus 37 goal differential. This year, they're allowing 2.86 goals a game, a plus 25 differential. And I say, okay, it's all about Carter Hart and Brian Elliott it's, no, it's actually not. It's, it's not the defense too it's the defense that and the coach they, behind the bench. they're giving up the fewest shots per game at 28.6 per game a Flyers team has never done that before and you look at some of the players and the success they're having you got Ivan Provorov who already has 11 has more goals at 11 and assists at 20 than he had last season through 82 games he had seven and 19 last year. and he
4: leads the league in power play goals with seven
0: you've got Travis Konechny who's got 57 points and is, in February, he had his best month, best month at 14 points in 12 games. So you've got some of these guys that are coming through. Look, you still don't have Nolan Patrick on the ice. He's still trying to get better. Carter Hart's playing well, but he's coming back. But you've got a team here right now. And you've got to spare getting healthy. You do. And yeah. and so you're coming into a back-to-back this weekend against another very hot team. The Rangers are playing Excellent hockey. There was a great, there was a
1: great article today about the, the rivalry being back. That, that that now you have the range. And and by the way, it's not just the back to back with the Rangers. I think they play the Capitals next week too. They do. Yeah. So so you have a lot of big games in your division coming up, and and this is your chance to stamp your name on it. Look, you
0: haven't been in the playoffs in what eight years? Two.
4: Two, two years ago, two, they lost to Pittsburgh in the first two, round. Eight years since a series since, win. Since they won a series, which is 2012 against the Penguins. All right, so Vito, you're well, the, to, you're to the be, big Flyers To, be, Flyer to fan. be fair, two years with Jason does feel like eight. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: that's you. Ask my wife how she feels. She has to, she has to deal with it even 18. more. <laughs> right? It's basically dog years dealing with me. So don't worry about it. Vito, uh, how do you feel about this team right now, though? You you've been a, a long timer. Um, you know, a lot of people. I hope that people, I have said this all season, start paying attention to this team. They're fun to watch. Well, there
1: was nobody at the Sixers game last night, so
0: maybe they'll all start going. <laughs> they to the Flyers all decided game now. to go to yeah. the Flyers game. Is that what's uh-huh. going
4: on? Uh, where are you right now on your Flyers confidence? I'm trying to keep the excitement and in, in, in check, and all the confidence is extremely high, and seeing how they're playing. Coming, they're kind of right on pace and starting to exceed my expectations because. I did. I expected them to be in the playoffs and, and win a round this year. I but could you didn't see. expect them to be up challenging Pittsburgh and, and Washington, Washington for, the no. for the division.
0: No, I figured— Everybody thought wild card, get th- in.
4: I saw third in the division. I did. I honestly saw third in the division, winning a round in the playoffs. Um, they're going to run a gauntlet here in March. Their March schedule is— very very tough so you got the home which, home will either, in New York. which will either which will either
1: but that's what i'd rather have i'd rather see either prepare them
0: this. for the playoffs and you'll see what you have yeah or it'll show you that you're just not quite there yet jeff where are you on this team do you think that they're going to go through this gauntlet come out on the other side and emerge in a more prominent position like third place or knock, knock, you think on, we're fake, headed to knock on
1: fake wood here uh, i think that they're going to be fine as long as they can stay healthy and I think that's what's going to be important going down the stretch is making sure Carter Hart's healthy, making sure the defense is healthy. And I, I think that they're going to roll into the playoffs. And I think that they can do real damage. I, I don't think there's a team in the East that is going to completely dominate. Like, I, th- I think this conference is going to be pretty wide open.
4: I think it is again this year, too. Because last year, you look at Tampa Bay, how they dominated and they were eliminated in the first round. Yeah, and not this year, though. Not that. this well, year. Yeah. They're, they're 40 and 15 now. They've gotten hot. They got very hot lately, and they're pushing Boston now in the Atlantic Division. No, they're forty and nineteen. Forty and nineteen. Yes. Um, so they
0: have eighty-five points. They're not. They're not even in first place in the Atlantic. Com- That's to
4: say how good Boston's been all year. Yeah.
0: Coming year. into tonight's game against the Rangers, the Flyers are on a four-game home win streak. That they at home have played fantastic. The Rangers have won nine consecutive games on the road. So you know you're coming in with it, if you're looking for fun hockey and something to get you into this. This weekend with these
4: matchups, this will tell you a little bit about what you got with the team. And one number I want to throw at you guys, which is why the Flyers are where they are at since January 4th following a loss. They are 7-0-0. So they're not letting the losses pile up. They're rebounding. They're getting back in the win column. And they've been able to sustain this and gain. So if they continue this through March, I don't see why they can't be challenging for the division by the end of of this regular season. This is what
1: the process should look like.
4: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is Hextall's process. I've been saying for a while, this is yeah. Hextall's process. We're going to talk Hextol's, the process in a th- few weeks, th- Jeff.
1: This is li- this, you're now, again, you're going to have the revisionist
0: history at some point where Hextall... So does gonna that mean Ron, Ron Hextall is going to do a manifesto no, it's, 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 like it's, Sam Henke did? <laughs> <laughs> that I want to read. No, but it's kind of like
1: Ed Wade when he was here with the Phillies. Is like he leaves and all these guys come up and are the the success. This is what happens. You built the farm team. Yeah. That's what he did. He but I want think to it, I th- I do think it was still the right time because even though Hextall may have done a good job uh, growing the kids from down in the
0: in the farm. The guys that they've gotten as veterans have taken them. Kevin Hayes. The Kevin Hayes pickup has been huge. That's not the only hockey that we're going to see this weekend a little bit, right, Jeff? Yeah, we're going to be going down tomorrow to the, the Voorhees Center. Flyer Skate Zone, the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, they are sold out on Saturday. They've got some tickets, I think, available for Sunday. Going to see some of the best women's hockey players in the world uh, in South Jersey.
1: I think that's a great thing to go see. I mean, if you can get a ticket, or if you already have a ticket, you're gonna you're gonna see some great hockey. And I think that this is a great opportunity because there
0: is no professional women's hockey right now in the United States. We will and try. To, we'll try to get some interviews, air them for next week's show. Definitely excited to go down and uh, see what what the women do down there and and see how it works out, Jeff. Uh, any final hockey thoughts before we hit a break and uh, get a little warm talking baseball? No I need a nap. All right, Jeff needs a nap. Uh, we will hit a break when we come back. gonna take you out to the ball game. Sports lets people live their dreams, overcome obstacles, and achieve goals. But what's your unimaginable? Do you wanna be a part of something bigger than yourself to push your limits? The A-Fatty clothing brand believes we're all capable of going far beyond we previously imagined. To overcome your obstacles and achieve your goals, life gives you the chance to push harder, to dream bigger, and to do whatever it takes to conquer the unimaginable. And to do it with a You, the original street leisure clothing brand.
3: This is Dan Baker, public address voice of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you're listening to the heart of sports with Jeff Cohen and Jason Springer.
0: Boys are back in town. Greg Caserta, are you on the line with us right there?
5: You know I am.
0: Is Ventola on the line with you too?
5: Uh, he's not with me. No, he's probably going to be calling
0: in separately. So he's so late. So you win. You win. He's he's late. You win. You get on first. Yeah, that
5: usually doesn't happen like in real life things. Like when we were doing our like person to person thing, I'm always late and Mikey's always early. So this is a first. You should tweet about it that you beat him. Um, Yeah, I might get to it later. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. uh,
0: I enjoyed your shout outs to all the travel people who helped you with your trip to spring training on your Twitter feed. Uh, That was highly (laughs) entertaining with your reviews. Uh, Are you all packed and ready to head to spring training?
5: Um, I'm ready to ready to go. I haven't packed yet, obviously. Um, but, you, but yeah, I figured if I I figured if I tagged four or five companies, at least one of them would get back to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and we just are, so you get down there. right? We are joined now by Mike Ventola. Uh, Ventola, you may never hear the end of this. That Caserta beat you onto a call for the first time ever, apparently. <laughs> So you may hear about it. It is the
3: first time ever. Look, every now and then,
0: uh, you know, the blind squirrel gets the acorn every now and then. i got to let him celebrate over something. Yeah. There we go. Well, he needs to be able he to see. He doesn't do flying squirrels He needs now, to be able to see because he's packing up an SUV that he rented and he's driving down to Florida to go call this game or something like that. Uh, tell tell us what this time of year is like for you guys. You obviously um, are the voices of our, our minor league teams, very involved in making sure everybody knows what's going on. And it's got to be a fun time of year for you guys.
3: It's a really good time. I know for us here in Lehigh Valley, we got some pretty cool things getting ready for the upcoming season. And, you know, we're excited about the team that we could potentially have uh, this year. So, um, you know, I know Redding could potentially be sending us a few key guys. Uh, but always in Reading, they always seem to get the cream of the crop in regards to some prospects. So it should be, I think it should be a better year overall. Wait!
1: I just realized you guys have missed a golden opportunity. How how are you guys not renting a car and driving down together? Facebook Live it and recording that whole thing.
3: (laughs) Well, here's the thing: it would be X-rated. It would be X-rated. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It
5: it actually worked out perfectly this year because we're both going to be doing the uh, the Phillies Orioles broadcast on MLB.com. That's going to be Monday, March 16th. So. We're not really sure who's going to be joining us for that game, but Mikey and I will get a chance to work together down in spring training. So uh, I'll get my ticket to right now. To that. All right. So on um, March I mean, 16th, for that to be our first baseball broadcast of the year is really nice. Um, so it'll be good to get back together. And we've already made a late reservation at Burns Steakhouse for afterwards. So it's going to be a good day.
0: There you go. See, a year ago, <laughs> Jeff and I were down there hanging and he'll be out with taking everybody. Of it. We are not going this year. It's my fault. I'm having a kid. Sorry, Jeff doesn't want to go by himself. Very but
5: Congratulations, by the way.
0: Thank you. Any day congratulations. now. Any day now, unless I run out of the studio while we're on the air with you, so don't worry about it. Um, uh-huh. are, are you guys going to try and be like Pat McCarthy and catch a home run ball out there? <laughs> I'm going to well, okay, let,
3: let Greg take this one first <laughs> because I have more than enough things to say on this matter. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, I'll let you go first because, look, i got to work with Pat more than anybody else around here. So I've already got to hear the crap of Him catching the foul ball. So, Greg, I'll let you take this one first. You have at it, now.
5: I was going to reach out to Pat because he sent us a picture that day, and he was out in right field in the corner. So I was going to make a joke about not getting good enough seats and, you know, (laughs) why you stuck out that far. And then an hour later, my phone's blowing up, and sure enough, I checked Twitter, and there's the brief video clip of him Catching it off the deflection, by the way. I don't want people giving him more credit than is due. He didn't catch it on the fly. He did catch it off the bounce. Um, My favorite was, uh, I don't know which outlet posted it, but it said something like giant Phillies fan or big Phillies fan uh, makes (laughs) one-handed catch. And, uh, of course, I've talked to you guys about it before. When Pat and I worked together with Mikey in 2017, Pat and I were roommates together. Uh, so he and I got to become very close as a result of it. He's almost like a little brother to me and Mikey, and I've always called him a giant man baby, so to see <laughs> giant Phillies <laughs> fan attached to the headline was, was the perfect way to tie it all together.
3: <laughs> Mental, to to mental go along lot. with that guys. Yeah. To go along with that guy's, he's my giant man child. I actually call him my man child <laughs> because I've had him back in twenty seventeen. You know, I let my man child go away for one year, then I'm reunited with my man child, you know, now here two years in a row. So um,
0: I see a promotion coming from the iron pigs, something about this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right, you know what?
3: It's getting to the point too. By the way, can I also re- reiter- can we also state that Greg is on point in regards to everything, how that catch went down except one thing. His girlfriend Emily had the initial like contact of the baseball, and Pat took it out of her hands. That's what I've heard. <laughs> no, that's what I've heard. Oh. That's what I've heard. The only Emily way th- supposedly had her, her hands on it, and Pat. Just Pat, came up with it. The so only way that could be worse. Play in this catch.
0: Oh. We will offer Pat uh, equal time if he'd like to come on and respond to yeah. you guys. By, about by the way, did
3: he
1: knock down her beer too while he was doing? Is <laughs> that guy? Like the, the only way this could be worse <laughs> is like if he dropped a baby and knocked over someone's beer. <laughs>
3: No, I mean, supposedly they weren't, it was just, they were walking around. But the funny part was he told his dad that he was going to the team store and he didn't right field. I'm sure I'm going, did he get lost? Yeah, the, I was, you know? I,
0: so I heard the same thing. And the team store is nowhere near where he was. The tiki bar was closer to where he was than the team store. So I got questions about that. All right. What's your guys feel of everything? A year ago today, Bryce Harper became a Philadelphia Philly, uh, It was crazy at camp when we went there. We were there for his first game in the stadium. A year later, totally new staff in terms of who's going to run the team. Lots of turnover in some of the players and positions. What's your guys feel, Greg, I'll throw it to you first, and then Mike about what you're going into as you go to call that game on the 16th?
5: Well, I think you just have to take some of the Phillies quotes when they've been asked about what's different about camp this year. And obviously the first thing is – the addition of Joe Girardi and the subtraction of Gabe Kapler which i i mean that's that's a no brainer just looking at the two of them side by side i mean i feel for gabe uh in the sense that i've said this before he was never meant for this city and uh, you know i think the jury's still out as to whether he's meant to actually be a major league manager um but he just never vibed with the city of philadelphia in any respect i think he really tried um, I think he was who he is in terms of his personality, but it just was not a good fit. And uh, based on the early reports and uh, getting a chance to talk to Joe at the Winter Caravan uh, just a couple of months ago, I mean, you know, Mikey, will tell you, as, as two Yankee fans that you're talking to, uh, we're both stoked for this hire. I think it's going to do wonders both for him in terms of reviving his career and for this team, uh, that that does have high expectations, all things considered. And then the other thing is with Bryce being here for year two, there there isn't that media hoopla around camp where, you know, he's kind of just the baseball player again. He's not this $330 million man. He's not the guy who held out all the way until the end with Manny Machado. Uh, the fact that it's business as usual again and there isn't that circus accompanying it, uh, to me, it, it's a good thing. And uh, I think it, uh, it takes a lot of pressure off guys uh, that probably were feeling the heat a little bit more uh, than this time a year ago.
3: And I, I agree with what Greg just said, but to me too, I think what Joe brings is, um, I think he brings like a couple. I think he brings a couple of wins to this team. I think just because I think sometimes managers um, they have instances about 162 game season either to bring wins or, of course, to. Had losses. And I, you know, just because of some moves that are made, I think Joe uh, will bring some, you know, he and on his own accord, will be able to make some moves throughout the season in game. That'll help benefit the Phillies uh, in a very positive light. And I think too, it's going to re-energize um, lots of guys in this clubhouse. I think one guy in particular is going to be Reese Hoskins. Um, I think after the type of year that Reese had last year, I think he's going to I think Joe's going to really kind of tell Reese, get back to basics. You're kind of hearing things already that Reese, changed a couple of things in his stance but um, it's more simplified than kind of the complex route that he was going through Uh, last year I think um, just in the bullpen I think if if I'm a bullpen pitcher right now for the Phillies I'm feeling pretty good because Joe has had so much experience with being able to manage a bullpen and manage it well so I just think that with the Phillies, if the Phillies stay healthy and the Phillies are kind of capable of living to the back of their baseball card, um, I was telling somebody this recently that because of how competitive the National League East is, and you know, four out of those five teams that are you know stay healthy, you could have 85 or more wins for, with four out of the five teams in the NL East this year. That's how like that's how I think competitive things are going to be. And secondly, I just think the Phillies have a chance to be even better than where they were last year.
1: All right. So enough of this Phillies talk. I think I have some kindred experience on the line right now as to the, the, the back end of the games in spring training. I don't know about you, but the games that I want to see, the innings I want to see are the, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. The one that's going on the, right now. Yeah, the, so, so that I can see the guys that you guys are going to call. How exciting is it for you to know that you're about to call those games in a month and that you're going to start
0: seeing these young guys start to rise? And like today, the left side of the infield towards the end of the game was Alec Bowman and Bryson Stott playing together. I think Greg's yeah, going to get a for chance us, to so, – Yeah. Go I'm
3: around, sorry. Mike. Go ahead, Greg. Um, oh, there we go. Well, I think, like – yeah, there we go. For, for Greg, I think, like, he's going to get an opportunity to – um, you know, like folks in Reading, they got the opportunity to see Alec Bohm And, you know, the and things are talking as if Bohm's going to be up here in Lehigh Valley. And if that's true, I'm really excited. I could see a little bit of Bohm last year uh, in a couple of visits to Reading on my own accord. But Bryson Stott, to me, I think when you kind of hear today, you know, Stott and Boehm on the left side of the infield, um, I think that's what the Phillies are kind of envisioning to be the left field for left side of the infield for many years to come. And, you know, for Bryson Stott, who may end up starting the year in Lakewood, I, you know, I think if he can play to what Philly fans are, you know, what the Phillies are hoping for, who knows, Greg, you, maybe, maybe there's an outside chance you'd see him at the end of the season, you know, but obviously I think a lot of things would have to go well in his right.
5: Oh, no. Yeah, and if, if we're going by that, like the bone measuring stick, it was, okay, he's going to jump a level and now he's going to jump another level. And there were points last year where you thought is it possible that he's going to make another jump. And uh, I, I love what the Phillies did with him. I, I think it was deserved. Um, they clearly shown a willingness to fast track him and that's been the right move what uh, the other thing, too, we were talking about Bryce before. Um, you know, just the fact that he's invested in the minor league guys, the fact that he's referenced Alec Boehm, Spencer Howard, and Damon Jones by name. You know, I think that should give big league Phillies fans that aren't familiar with the minor league guys, that should give them a little glimmer of hope. Because I know for a while people were down on the farm system. Uh, but, uh, you know, for for me and, uh, you know, I guess for you guys, too, being around Redding, uh... the fact that mickey moniacs gotten off to a great start this spring is wonderful news uh... the other guys that have come through uh... it's really minor leaguers have been unbelievable so far in spring training so uh, all in all it's been it's been a great start for us
0: greg Moniak was who i was going to ask you about. he looks significantly bigger this year he and and when we interviewed him at the start of last season in reading he joked with jeff and i about how he literally still gets growing pains of parts of aches of his body and it seems like he's finally starting to fill out the body that he has. What you know, we've been big defenders. Jeff fights people on Twitter all the time about being patient with Mickey Moniak. What's your hope for him this year?
5: Well, I you know, again, you hit the nail on the head. He has bulked up. Um, I mean, even if you want to talk about guys that have complained about the same thing, Scott Kingery said the same thing where last year um, he was still feeling it. Where by the time he'd get ready to take the field for the game. His body just wasn't ready to go. Um, So part of their off-season program was to get their bodies ready for that grind. Uh, A lot of the people that Jeff is arguing with on Twitter have probably never spent a day around Mickey Moniak, have probably never watched a single one of his games or his at-bats. This kid turned 21 last May. So, you know, for me – I don't think they're going to start him with us. I think that wouldn't be the wisest thing just because he spent the whole season with us. And, uh, you know, outside of a a brief injured stint, uh, you know, basically got through the whole season and played well. He was, he was very good for us after a rough start, but that's been his nature. He has not been uh, a traditionally fast starter. So to me, to get him to triple a, to get him regular at bats and to see how he handles things up there. Um, I I would just like to see him be consistent because uh, he's a guy that, uh, again, has had these unfair expectations attached to him because of his 1-1 label, uh, but is still a very young man who has made strides each year. He's a good kid, and uh, you you watch him right now, and uh, I think that that added muscle has actually helped him a little bit with his bat speed.
1: So, Mike, how much does it excite you to hear that, that you you have another guy, in addition to Bowman, in addition to potentially Spencer Howard, that you might also have Mickey Moniak on that team?
3: I'm excited just because I think fans here here in Lehigh Valley, they they clamor for a lot of these young guys to not only get up here but to even stay here for a little bit before they get a chance uh, to go up and help out the big club down in Philadelphia. So um, I know, like, for the diehards here in Lehigh Valley, they haven't really had much... uh, to really celebrate about in regards to success on the field um, only just a couple of times in the team's history that they've been either over 500, or even made the playoffs. So knowing guys like Moniak to be around Spencer Howard, Alec Boehm, you know, they're, they're going to be a nice um, cushion in regards to just having some nice young talent They go along with a lot of the veteran guys. And that's the thing too. Some of the veterans that they signed, like a Mikey Mott and a Matt Caesar uh, are going to potentially be here, you know, um, you know, and, and that's one thing, too. There's going to be a lot of decision-making um, with who doesn't make the big league club and how that will affect the rest of the minor league system because, like, Nick Williams still has one more year left on it in minor league options. Um, you know, do they look to see what a what a Derek Hall, if a Derek Hall plays well? You know, does he get an opportunity to play first base at Lehigh Valley or, you know, because of numbers, would he have to go back to Redding? I mean, there's so many things right now that the Phillies have to discuss, that it's going to be, it's, it's all good. Kind of Greg said, it's great seeing all these minor league guys doing well. This could turn into a really good problem for the Phillies because they're going to have a lot of decisions to make on what guys they keep and what guys they send down and how the trickle down effect goes after that.
1: Yeah. Mike, you mentioned Nick Williams, which I think a lot of people forgot about he's him. still <laughs> here, but the, but the other guy is Roman Quinn. I mean, you, you guys have both called a lot of games with Roman. Roman is a great guy. And if he could just stay healthy, do you, is it, is it just impossible not to root for a guy like that?
3: It is. It would yeah. be impossible. It would be impossible. Uh, Greg, I'll say something real quick here, then I'll let you yeah, take, sure. uh, take it over. Um, Look, Roman Quinn, to me, he is. It's as simple as if he stay, if he's healthy, will he be good? Yes, that's the only hindrance of his career. He never really had. When healthy, he never had any instances where he was bad. I mean, you never. When you saw him play consistently, you sat there and you were in awe. You're like, this guy's good. He can. He's got speed. He can steal bases. Makes good contact. And Greg will even tell you, the kid can even hit. Can hit a home run if he had to. He's got some pop in his back. So, you know, I, I think for Roman Quinn, who's going to start the year in Philadelphia, you know, the rumor is there's going to be rotation between him and Hazley in center field. And I think for Roman Quinn, if he can just avoid the injury bug, he's going to be finally what Philly fans are hoping for and a productive guy for their team.
5: Yeah, and I'm excited for him very much so just because after seeing him at the caravan, I just got the sense from talking to him a little bit. Um, You know, he he hears what goes on. I mean, people, uh, you know, they've been on him a little bit because of his inability to stay healthy. But again, like you guys said, he's a good kid, and he says all the right things. I think some guys don't handle those situations properly. I think he's always had the right mindset about it where, yes, it is frustrating, but he also realizes that it's just a really big stroke of unluckiness. Uh, so, again, if if he's able to be lucky this year, that's really what it boils down to And he's able to stay on the field, I, I think he's going to have a really nice year for them. I think based on the platoon that Mikey mentioned between him and Hazley I think that'll be good for both guys based on their skill sets, based on what the Phillies are looking for. And, uh, I mean, defensively, you can't go wrong with either of them. So I think that's a plus having them both out there. Hopefully Roman can stay
0: on the field. And that speed off the bench, speed kills. Guys, we could talk to you all day. We very much look forward to seeing you call the game on the 16th. That'll be one day that Jeff does not complain about not being able to see the game on TV. So that's a good thing. If you're following him on Twitter, you know that's something that's stuck in his crawl, too. Um, <laughs> we look forward to you guys calling the games all season for the minor leagues, and I uh, look forward to seeing you when we head on out there.
3: Yeah, looking forward to uh, having you guys up here in Allentown. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, calling this game with Greg, just because um, it'll have been now, what, over a year, I think. We're close to you know, a year and a half since we last called the game together. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it.
0: Hey guys, I'll Thanks let you. Lot, I'll, I'll let you hang on the line for one sec so that Vito can talk to you off the air, and then uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for the time, guys. Jeff. I, I love it's so much fun to talk to them <laughs> they are. It, they're a blast together uh-huh. to, to talk uh, and I'm
1: telling you they have a show they just they, they got to get the act together next year there's got to be there's got to be a road trip
0: oh d- they should totally face I'll moderate it if they're if you worried want. about the the language and stuff we don't have to Facebook live it we right. can record it and yeah. edit it we can uh-huh. totally we can get sponsors uh, oh definitely this oh, is a good idea especially with Greg this is a good Different idea. Different restaurants. Food, uh, food oh sponsors. Oh, yo, this this was, is, th- we've yeah. got ideas here. Uh-huh. We're, one thing I didn't bring up with them that I, I – it's a longer conversation that I want to talk with you about. Did you yeah. see JT Realmuto's comments this week about here? the the difference <laughs> in um the philosophy of the pitching coach and staff this year about how last year – it was high fastball early on. That was all they wanted, no right. matter the pitcher. And now they're getting back to sinkers down well, th- and well, keeping think the about ball it. down, which is counterintuitive. And his his comment was, if you know that's all they're going to do, you wait on it. Why was that so
1: difficult? How many times do you – what was Zach Eflin's strength? He has a sinker ball. And he never and, pitched it. And they kept trying to get him to go high. A sinker ball, a sinker ball isn't really grip as much as it, there's grip involved, but it's really natural arm motion. Some guys can throw a sinker, some guys can't. And he's a tall guy to ask him to change his delivery that much, everything's about muscle memory and, yeah. and to be to change it didn't make sense. Everybody it seemed like instead of recognizing who the personnel was. It was just saying everybody needs to do everything the same way, and it's just not possible. Which is exactly why they're right. The guys are right about Reese Hoskins, is, and I think it's more than just changing his mechanics or moving them back. It's it's the muscle memory of his brain. What I think what they did to Reese Hoskins was more than his mechanics. It was his head. Yeah. It it, it putting him at the putting. He became Reese, unsure of the player that got him to the big league. Putting Reese Hoskins. As the leadoff hitter made apps and telling him, go up there and walk a bunch of times
0: Ridiculous. makes absolutely no sense. He's a hitter. You know who's walking a bunch? Who? The Astros players after they get hit. <laughs> so, well, they're lazily walking. Five preseason games, <laughs> seven batters hit. Not enough. Um, and I know, never, and you know, I never. You know it's going to be at every stadium, by the way. The oh, Astros are, sold, stole my other sign.
1: No, you, you know you know there's all sorts of promos now. There, there, there's garbage can promos in the minor yes. leagues now for the Astros. Little They're, league teams oh, yeah. are
0: not allowing their teams to be the Astros because that's clearly effective. Mm-hmm. Um, still no punishment for the Red Sox. You surprised that... Major League Baseball. no, the, there's closing. no. The,
1: I don't. I think it's going to come out that the Red Sox didn't do that much. Is what's going to happen. Okay. So I mean, I think you're. I think you and a lot of people are waiting for this second shoe to fall.
0: It. That's what it I, seemed like. I to think.
1: Me. I think what it is is Alex Cora may tried to incorporate some stuff and it didn't really fly. So I think that's what we're going to find out. Or there's another. The, the other theory that I have heard floated out there is that. The Red Sox, unlike the Astros, are all in, in the same camp, and you need somebody to talk. The Astros had five guys that talked, one of which put his name to it. If the Red if Sox w- if all the talked. Astros have the mentality of Big Poppy, who last week called Snitches. fires a snitch, um, you might you might actually
0: escape this because they're going to have nobody talking. I want to move to the Union in a second because they have their season opener tomorrow. But I did want to talk about the cool story of the week, the emergency goalie David backup mm-hmm. getting a win. Okay, 42-year-old. 42, 42 years old. So, so, by the way. Drives the Zamboni. Grew, the up, grew up as a Toronto by Maple the way, Leafs. I, I was
1: at a Marlies game last year.
0: Grew, grew up as Very a Maple cool. Leafs yeah. fan. Uh-huh. Gets in the game as the emergency backup Defeat against the, the Mar- Maple yeah. Leafs in Toronto mm-hmm.
4: can't top that one and
0: wins the game
1: so he, other than the three of us I doubt there's that many people that understand that that this emergency goalie is available to both teams yes. well
4: I'm going to make this statement I wish I had the name of the goalie but this happened with the Flyers a couple uh, of years Dave, ago David, the David Ayers thank you is no no the, is no, the, no, the, no, no. The, we, the Flyers this happened to the Flyers oh. though a couple of years ago I as think
1: well. we need to get the Flyers back
0: emergency goalie on the air all right, Vito, uh, work on that. that. See, yeah. see what you can do there. It was crazy, though. I mean, what a cool story. That's like a movie in itself. The- yeah, well, there's so many things to it. The guy's 42 years old.
4: Yeah. Like,
1: the guy has suffered a serious injury That he guy is hockey. one year he-
0: older than me. I have a hard enough time walking. <laughs> Okay. This is. Jason, have which you ever it,
1: skated? <laughs> no, but if, if, I, we, if I, you saw
0: him during the we're, warm we're have to get so, together and go, I skate. I did well, no, when on. I was no, younger. No, no. But if you saw me try out for the blue coats, That's you would where see that going. my athletic ability <laughs> yeah, I, I, left I wish I me. I could have that. When oh, don't no We have video. There's video oh, of, say of but the, just how bad I was. But it's only
1: video of the stretching because he never made it into a game. I would
0: like to point out. Thank you. I still have not been told I am not on the blue coats. They just didn't tell me I was on the blue coats. <laughs>
1: because you never made it into a game.
0: <laughs> Jeff, I got cut. You did get cut. You also got dunked on. That was awesome. All That's right. That's also on video. <laughs> the, the union, we got four minutes left. Let's get to the union a little bit. Season starts tomorrow. Definitely expectations for this team heading into the season after what we saw last year games at FC Dallas at six o'clock. They're going into the season re signing their players to extensions. Alejandro Bedoya extended. Um, Casper Shabilko extended today. Your thoughts on where this team is as they come into this season, Jeff? I think they
1: made the improvements that they need to make. Now, now it's the question of the, whether these guys – because, look, we had a couple injuries last year, and, and those injuries were what caused them to kind of backslide towards the end of the season. I think if everybody stays healthy, this group of players
0: could really do some damage. You're going in with an injury. Kai Wagner's been out with a calf injury. Probably won't play in the first game. Uh the union will start their first two on the road, play LAFC next Sunday night before then they come home for their home opener against the San Jose Earthquakes on the fourteenth. Um stadium's got a new name, uh same broadcasting partners as last year for the team, but you can watch a stream of all the games now on their website. For free, right? Which is kind of exciting to Isn't me. Isn't it for free? Yes, yeah. because there were times where I couldn't get to the broadcast that was on TV. And I could not catch the game anywhere. And so I enjoyed getting kind to watch like it. Kind of like
1: Philly Spring training games.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: See, I let nice I let Fentola
0: and Concerta go on that without having you try you to. You know put what them I did want spot. to ask them as about this. So are you okay with the Fanatic? Are you good? Forgot. The funny thing is, mm-hmm. all right, you're the lawyer and you told me what the magic word was going to be right. out of the fanatic. Uh-huh. Evolve. Right. So the the tweet that went out that I saw was, the fanatic may evolve, but he doesn't mature. Uh-huh. And that was three seconds after you told me, <laughs> watch out for them talking about how the fanatic but, evolved. But is there, I it, mean, are my, look, what's the big deal? Are my sensibilities offended? No, but it doesn't change the fact that they're in a fight over intellectual property. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, look, but what what is the big change? The, the, he's got, the like, scales? stars like, behind his behind eyes. And, and, yeah, but that wasn't, I mean, look. Th- those, hey, Gritty are, supports him. Yeah, well, <laughs> gritty, Gritty's got to be careful. He just got cleared
1: himself. No, Gritty, gritty no, a Gritty, a Gritty called the fanatic. I think the OG. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, the eyebrows are gonna sag eventually. That's gonna, that's gonna go away in a couple of weeks. One good rain, and you won't see that anymore. Changing his sneakers and his hat, really? Do you care? Okay, as so long as he's a fanatic, still does all the stuff that he's doing. Does what's
0: the difference? Is that substantive enough as a lawyer to get him out of it? The changes they made? I'm not going to comment Thank on you. that. Thank you. Okay, that, I won't ask right. that. Did you watch the big boxing fight last week? No. I know you're not a huge boxing no. guy, but okay. So we, we only have like- by, by the way, that was disgusting. We have less, The whole
1: licking the blood thing that, was just that disgusting. That was. We have less than yeah. a minute.
0: My favorite was the excuse that Wilder gave the day after. What was it? He said that his suit, that his costume that he wore coming yeah, in- 40 pound Was 40 suit. pounds, yeah. and it made his legs tired. Which made me oh, f- think Tyson Fury is even smarter because he came in on a throne. Yeah. he didn't bother to walk; no. his legs were totally rested. It was. Cra- There'll be a rematch, of course. They'll they'll set records and sell a lot of money, of course. You still won't watch no. it, but you did see the. I do
1: like. Well, I like. I like the lower weight classes for boxing. You like I more think There's speed. an art
0: to it. I mean, look, we've had
1: boxers in here, and and there's an art to that. There's no. There was no art to this. Well,
0: uh, there can and, be art to yeah, a good but Tyson, heavyweight fight.
1: Tyson Fury it looks you know, like the the old cannonball going into All the right. guy's I guy. am I, definitely I mean, not what, commenting on somebody's
0: looks. <laughs> that's going to be the last one for this week. But you're not an athlete. Thank you so I'm definitely not an a- well, that's athlete. True. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. Bye-bye.